1: This episode of Bush's Away is brought to you by you. Thank you so much for your support, listening to the show, and all the nice things you've said to me and Greg online. And all the mean things you've said to me and Greg online, for that matter. Today we have a big show. Obviously, you know the trade deadline happened. Chris Kreider is now a Ranger for seven more years. Brady Shea is in Carolina, and we have Rick Carpinello around the 40-minute mark to break it all down. But first, Greg and I break down the entire day in chronological order of how we reacted to the trade deadline and all of our thoughts and feelings on everything that happened. So, without further ado, let's get to Mark Messier and the show.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
1: Hey, Bushwick Break fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also of The Athletic. Gregory, you do you anything fun today?
2: Uh, no, just normal day at work, really.
1: You know what? It, it, everything went as expected if you are you were a Ranger fan today. You woke up. Chris Kreider is now of The Avalanche. You obviously got a first-round pick for Ryan Strom, which I thought was impressive. Um, Hank, you hate to see him go, but... I think it was time. Really nice of them to do a press conference, too. Uh,
2: do, you, do you want to run through? Like, do you want to do this chronologically?
1: <laughs> yeah, we could do the whole day. I think that's the best way to go through it because—
2: I think that's, I think that's safe.
1: So you, we, you wake up this morning. Uh, yep. w- w- actually, let's start last night. We're okay. st- we don't know what's going on. Larry Brooks posts an article uh, that pretty much says the Rangers are likely to trade Chris Kreider. Other people chime yep. in and say, we agree then no no little than 40 minutes i think later, it was i
2: think it was two hours later yeah it was, was it
1: even it was pretty soon after um yep. larry i mean it was like i think chris Kreider and the rangers could come to a deal i don't
2: see why not and i was very confused <laughs> um it's it's just imagine for a the, second yes. ryan spending I, I, It it's larry brooks he's very good at this i don't think he used any quotes in either story so he's basically just writing two columns but i would still say Larry being the professional that he is probably spends about two hours on a column before hitting submit. And then it goes through like a vetting process thereafter. So how long after he hit submit on his first column saying, yeah, the Rangers are probably training Chris Kreider. Did he sit back down at the computer and go, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Let's (laughs) write another one. I feel like that he
1: sat down. He was like, wait a second. The math adds up. Chris wants to be here. The Rangers want him to be here. What? Oh, my God? And then he just wrote another column, and that was all that happened. I mean,
2: free click Sunday, baby. You got to love it.
1: It was – listen, getting in the millions for, for Larry. Good for him. Get that money. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so we go to bed. Uh, Both of us yeah. are scared that Gordon's going to make a move at 3 a.m. I think that's fair. Um,
2: Yeah, I, I was I, – I can't remember the last time I, I felt was legit it. worried that news was going to break while I was asleep.
1: Yeah, this is – We've covered the deadline now, what, four times? And it's really four only times. been exciting two times. The last two times have been pretty exciting. But when you really yeah. look back at the Hayes deadline, it was kind of like a bummer. Yeah, yeah. we knew it was coming. Yeah, we knew it was coming. Um, We, we didn't really know that Ryan McDonough thing was going to happen or not. Like, we knew he was being shopped, but we didn't know. It happened four minutes before the deadline, as you so aptly pointed out today on Twitter. And that was not fun for us. It was no. uh, very confusing. We didn't know what was going on. Today, well it was
2: fun. It was fun for the listeners because that was the year we decided do it right at three o'clock we'd record the podcast. Yeah. That was a good one. And yeah, it was basically us just wondering if we were going to get Mikhail Sergachev for 25 minutes. And then our friend Matt Estevez came on and said, You were never getting Sergachev. You idiots. You dummies.
1: <laughs> you silly gooses. Yeah, there was no way. Uh it is obviously was still not a Ranger, despite all Rangers being Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. So we went to bed last night, it was just a weird situation, Chris Kreider, we don't know. And then somehow this deadline day, up, we'll, and we'll get to the, three, the after 3 p.m. deal, was the most tense and strange, and I didn't have a feel. Like, usually I think you and I have, like, a good feel of what the Rangers are going to do. We've covered the team pretty extensively for four years now, literally every—five years almost—literally every week. We talk about the New York Rangers on this podcast. We've never missed a show. little brag there by me. That's okay. But I woke up. I was like, I, there could be – there's so many different things in play here. I don't know if Kreider's going to sign. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I think Strom could get traded. Tony's in play. Butch could probably get traded. And so uh, there's uh, – Hank, Hank uh, there could be a press conference about Hank coming. We'll get to that in a second. So yeah. uh, just so many feelings you're going through. Like, I, I don't know what's happening. It was so stressful all day. My hands were just sweating. Nonstop.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't as stressed out as you were. I think you just need therapy. Uh I got I got up and got out of the door by 9 30 today. I usually have to be to work at 10. And today was one of the rare days I was actually running on time. Um between when I left the house and when I got to work is when Colorado got Namestnikov. And already that got me thinking, like, all right, well, maybe they're not gonna be in the Kreider market anymore if they got Namestikov. Another trade happened with that too. I'm trying to think of. There was another forward trade, was. but
1: when Nemestikov got traded, uh, I immediately was like, "I don't. I think this takes them out of Kreider." But I guess they knew already that Kreider was getting extended, and that was their play. But my gut reaction, well, I
2: think it was, was it was it the was it the Trocheck trade that happened. At the same time, that, as no, that the was like an hour, an
1: hour later. I think at this point,
2: what was the trade that happened with the there was another it's forward. Nuts that I actually
1: there was another forward trade. Well, I forget. But walk through this, and I'm going to find it. Sure. So so Vlad gets traded, and. At that point, I'm thinking, okay, so that takes the Avs out. That leaves only the St. Louis Blues because the Islanders. Oh, was it the Islanders trade? The there Islanders. Was, there was the Paggio trade. Yeah, the Islanders the trade have trade. traded for uh, the Devil Paggio who's turned into Wayne Gretzky. Boy, the Islanders. Ryan, it yes. is a, it is a
2: shame we are not a New York New York Islanders podcast.
1: Would well, there be a lot to talk about today,
2: Greg? There, there'd be the, takes. Would be a flying Ryan. <laughs> oh my God! Very close. The to, things we'd be talking about. Very
1: close to Zach Parise coming back. Uh, to, to be...
2: just, just imagine, Ryan, imagine before this year started if I sat you down and said, hey, the Islanders are going to trade a first-round pick in two seconds for Andy Green and J.G. Padgeot. Oh, and by the way, you're going to extend Padgeot for $5 million annually.
1: Yeah, let's get to that in a couple minutes because I think that's actually very relevant to Chris Kreider.
2: But uh, but anyway, that, that happened, Ryan. I'm still not stressed. When I got stressed was shortly thereafter and- – or during the Trochek trade when that happened.
1: So 1020 comes along what, and they say about yeah, the Yeah, and, and
2: the cryptic tweet goes out. Yeah. And that that's when I started getting stressed because um it simply put it's really weird that the Rangers held two press conferences today, right? I, you understand why they do it because of the story that eventually comes out about Igor and Buchnevich. Um but at face value, it's odd for a team to hold two press conferences on trade deadline day, as opposed to just holding one to summarize the day's events. So I have a like, lot of
1: feelings about these press conferences in general. Um,
2: on what, I don't. What, go well, on. Okay. Yeah. yeah hit, hit, no, hit me with your feelings and then I'll, I'll rebut.
1: So, so on one hand, I really appreciate that they did this because I, I like that they can come out and have open communication with the fans and say, hey, you know, this is, this is what's going on. We just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Like, the, I don't think the Knicks ever would do this. The, when they do it, it's bad. When the Rangers do it, it's at least a little classy. Here's a. Here's the issue. The timing on both of of the press conferences were way off. Um, they were showing poker and soccer for both of them, and you didn't know when they were happening. You had no idea. When JD comes out by himself, and you don't know what he's going to say, like the only things you really know is it. it I. The guess I took was it's either something related to Hank or it's a Kreider extension. And I was half right. It was a Kreider extension. Someone told me it was bad. That's all they got from their source. It was bad. I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. So then there was a tweet going around that said they got into a car accident. And I was like, I don't want to say this tweet is right because it's from a random fantasy account. This is strange. So, so JD comes out and he starts saying like, hey, Igor and Buchnevich got into a car accident in Brooklyn last night. But the way and the manner he's saying it sounds like Igor's career might be over. Like, the way, the way it was delivered, I think, was, like, over, like almost overly dramatic. Like, J.D.'s a tremendous, charismatic guy who has no problem with communication whatsoever. But the tone he came out and, and said it in uh, just was so strange because he followed up with, uh, you know, Igor's hurt. He's got a fractured rib. He'll be evaluated in a couple weeks. Oh, and uh, we signed Chris Kreider to seven years, and that deal just got done. Anyway, guys, I got to go. That was it. It
2: was like, what? How, what just happened yeah, it, to me? It's, it's, very, it's very weird to me that they held two press conferences. It's even more weird to me that there seemingly wasn't a network plan in place to carry out these press conferences. Look, the New York Mets don't do a whole lot of things right. They They don't. You don't need me to tell you this. You don't need anyone to tell you this. But one thing the Mets seemingly do well is when news breaks, they have guys, SNY is locked in, right? Guys are in studio. Gary Apple is on a desk or someone like Gary Apple is on a desk. They have an analyst ready to go to talk about whatever the hell is about to happen. Those guys can vamp for a number of minutes until the press conference itself is ready to go. And then they throw to the press conference. And once the press conference ends, it goes back to the guys in the studio. SNY, look, this isn't me sucking up to Steve Gelbs, I promise, but they they cover... Days like this, well, and there is a clear plan in place on days like these. So it's very weird to me that it seems like the Rangers caught their own network off guard, and then they couldn't, for whatever reason, follow through with their own plan that they were orchestrating. Well, they weren't but, even streaming it on like Twitter or anything. It was only on no. MSG and Go. That, again, uh, props. Pro- I'm, I, I I don't want to give props to the Mets in this podcast all day long, but anytime. <laughs> Anytime the Mets do this, SNY has a stream on Twitter and they have a stream on Facebook. Right. It's not just on the television. Like, So I, most thought, of these... I thought
1: that was strange. Like they, they, It's almost like they didn't know they were going to do it. Uh, maybe they didn't because the car accident happened last night, but they had to be informed. I mean, he said it was around 8.40 p.m. But well, right. I, I guess we can... I, it,
2: It's It's odd. But going back to the cryptic tweet itself, and this is kind of where the Rangers being so tight-lipped on everything that they do actually kind of bites themselves in the ass a little bit when you send out that kind of cryptic tweet all you do for the next hour is create conspiracies really like anything is humanly possible I'm kind of with you when that tweet went out in my head I was thinking this would be really weird to have a press conference about a trade you just completed now when you're still in the process of working more trades so I didn't think it was trade related I could have believed it was extension related, but again, it would have been weird to have that press conference so early in the day when you're probably just going to have to do this again. So I was convinced it was something Hank related. I just thought it was the only thing that made sense. I didn't think it was going to be a trade. I didn't know if they were going to agree to like a mutual termination of the contract a la like Zach Bogosian or Ilya Kovalchuk. I didn't know if, He was announcing prematurely that this would be his last year. And here are the last days Hank is going to start before he retires. Like all these things are going through my head because timeline wise, these are the only things that make sense. And then you start seeing the tweets about the car accident. I didn't retweet any of them. I mostly because I didn't want them to be true. It wasn't coming from someone that I knew. So I wasn't going to put that out in the world. Uh, just to be the first one to say i hate honestly hate the people that retweeted being like oh well if this turns out to be false this guy should be fucking canceled it's like buddy if you think it's going to be false don't give it any acknowledgement like you're you're part of the problem by retweeting it and you were going you and i didn't have to have this conversation because you were very openly going through like a boy, I've never wanted anything to be less true in my life. I don't even want to retweet this, but I've now heard it from two people and I have to retweet it.
1: I, I even, um, Greg, I even deleted that tweet a minute and a half later because I said, you know yeah, what? I don't know it's sourced. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, I personally didn't retweet it because I didn't want it to be true. But it, you know what? If it was Dan Rosen or if it was Dreger or if it was McKenzie, I mean, they wouldn't tweet that shit out because it would have required them doing some little digging and some work that's besides the point. Okay. But if Shots they, fired. if they re- if they, yeah, big time, if they retweeted, if they sent that out, then I would have been like, fuck, this is a big deal. And you know, thank God it's not actually as serious as it could have been. Right. Well, that's the, Igor, that was the thing. Obviously,
1: like, he delivered it. Like they, their careers were like in jeopardy, but right. it
2: like, it sounds like Booch is not going to play tomorrow. Which yeah. Is fair. I
1: think he'll play later in the week. I, I, from what I've been, from what we were told and from, from a little digging, I did, um, it seems like he's totally, you know, he's a little banked up. He got into a car accident, but he's not like, there's nothing really wrong with him. They even said that yeah, at the press and, conference.
2: And Igor, Igor's probably going to miss a couple weeks, but he'll be back before the season's over. You think so? Yeah. Uh,
1: I see. I, see I, I think they don't even risk it. I think that they, they just have him heal out. It's, I, I Googled, I'm not a doctor. Hashtag not a doctor. Said this injury could be four to six weeks. So I just figured the season ends on April 4th and there's no way he comes back. So that's just my, my opinion on the matter. That's it.
2: I think if he's healthy, with two weeks left in the season, I think give them. him a game or two, just okay. to get him, just to like clear his head about the situation, let him see pucks, let him get back into a rhythm before the season ends. That's fair, that uh, kind of deal. But right. but yeah, going into it, I mean, it, it's crazy that we haven't even talked. Crowder extension is next because this is all part of the same uh weird press. We haven't conference.
1: even gotten to yeah, like this is part of the the chronological timeline we're hitting.
2: But just I. Before the car accident, there was a, what, 5% chance the Rangers traded a goalie today? Yeah. As soon as that happened, everybody and their mother knew that Georgiev or Hank weren't going.
1: They're anyway. not going. And as soon as they announced it, it was like, that's it. And I don't know if they ever had a plan, in, uh, a deal in place. It,
2: I would say, I, I, I would don't say, think, I don't likely think not. Do. Likely no, not. I think this is, this is going to rear its ugly head at or before the NHL draft. Then we'll know. With you. Uh, but I've. Hell, Ryan, how long have you – you and I have been talking about this possibly since October, and then there was a quick break there where we thought a Georgiev trade could happen. And then as soon as the Leafs traded for Jack Campbell, I went right back to saying this was always going to be something that they do at the draft. So here we are.
1: Well, let's. this is a good transition to Chris Kreider because we spent this entire year talking about the song and dance that Gorton did. He said in the press conference that happened later in the day they did explore multiple deals for Chris Kreider. And then they decided that signing him was the best action. They're very happy to have him back. And then they announced it during this press conference, which was very strange. But I guess give me your gut reaction to the Chris Kreider signing, and, I'll, and then I'll give you mine.
2: It's mixed, if I'm being honest. I agree. Uh, the, the AAV is exactly what we would hope it would be, right? Like If Chris Kreider, if Chris Kreider went to free agency, he's getting $7 million. I think he's I, getting I, seven doesn't...
1: seven five, possibly.
2: He's getting at least seven. Yes. So needless to say, we're talking about a guy that left at least three and a half million dollars on the table to sign with the New York Rangers. Sure, $500,000 a year might not sound like a lot in the world it, world of professional sports. It is. But Ryan, I can guarantee you, never in my life will I leave three and a half million dollars on a table, right? If three and a half extra three and a half extra million dollars is available to me. Guess what I'm doing? I'm taking the three and a half million.
1: And if you think that Chris Kreider couldn't get that money, you're insane. Because you can insane. You can look at other teams right now that would kill to have Chris Kreider.
2: Look, buddy, look at what Jeff Skinner got. Chris Kreider is no worse than Jeff Skinner.
1: Yeah, he's not. I know. I know. Jeff Skinner had one season where he was an incredible scorer, but Chris Kreider does things yeah, that I'm Jeff Skinner cannot a bad do this year, right? Yes, I'm aware of that. He didn't score for like 19 games. Um,
2: I think he has one goal in the year 2020.
1: Listen, Chris Kreider does a lot of things that Jeff Skinner can't do. Um so score, yeah, okay, yeah, play hockey,
2: so okay.
1: um for, that, other teams would have paid you know for yeah. him seven million no. seven years easily
2: so six he, six and a half six and a half million dollars is one hundred percent a hometown discount for the new York Rangers oh, but it, the the Rangers get that discount because they they caved on the years they gave, they gave him them seven years I mean and the, yeah, they did, my, they my, didn't want to
1: my first gut reaction was, wow, years six and seven of this is going to be yikes, like it's, it's gonna be tough, yeah. it's
2: going to be tough. But it and it's, man, I was thinking about this a little bit today, and honestly, made me feel a little bit better about the Kreider contract well, well, itself. How about we I do still the think
1: the good and the bad of it because I think that's what you're going to here.
2: Yeah, in a, in a way, I think so. It but well, I think there's a difference between the Kreider contract and what the Rangers did with Kreider, the asset, right? Uh, the contract itself, years six and seven are going to be difficult. I don't think there's any other way necessarily to describe it. We know Chris Kreider's game. We know how aggressive he is. He's not exactly guaranteed to age gracefully. But those first three years of the contract are so important for the New York Rangers. And it's clear that the New York Rangers either looked at the trade market and felt uncomfortable about what it would take to get a Chris Kreider Kreider replacement, or they simply were worried they wouldn't be able to find a guy they feel is worthy of what Chris Kreider can do in the lineup. Like we saw Zucker already get traded. It's not like the Rangers are going to be in a hurry to go out next off season and, and trade for like a Tomas Tatar. So it's, it's fair that the Rangers looked at the market and just said to themselves, regardless of the assets, we could get back for Chris Kreider. It's going to be too hard for us to find this guy's replacement. We'll cave on the years. If he caves on the money and we'll come to an agreement. And that's what happened. I, and what this contract, what this contract means to me, Ryan, the rest of this year is gravy. For the New York Rangers, their windows officially open. Baby? This offseason. You are talking which means, to the guy who yeah, feels the exact same way. Right. But it, 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 I know you feel the same way where the windows open. This also means the Rangers have to be aggressive about adding guys on the periphery, right? We're, we have another trade that we're going to have to talk about later in this podcast. The good of this trade is the Rangers got Kreider at a discount. Mm hmm. The Rangers have now opened up their window of opportunity to contend with Criders, the and, and Panarin up front. And the Rangers, the bad of it is the last two years are going to be tough and whatever. It's hard to look at what other players were going for at the deadline and not think that the Rangers were just not cashing in their winning lotto tickets. So
1: I actually, I, I, this is not where I disagree with you, but I just think I have a separate side of it. You, with, with these other players that got cashed in, right, Peugeot um, and, I guess, I, I mean, Zucker and a couple other players, all of them had term where Kreider didn't have that term. I know Peugeot didn't have term. They ended up signing him for term. Right. Kreider, Kreider didn't really have term, and I wonder if they just said, hey, they're just going to give us a replacement player, a first-round pick, which is likely past pick 23. And I don't know if you saw Sean Tierney's t- chart from today. It was like uh, expected value of picks. And I know that Niels Lundqvist and Country Miller went after pick twenty, but like notoriously after pick twenty-three in drafts. Even though next year's draft is deep, uh, you lose expected value on every pick. Like after like pretty much a second round, middle second round pick is very similar to a late first round pick.
2: So if sure, like, but first first round's pick picks still have cachet, I, and the Rangers turned a twentieth overall pick last year into Jacob Trouba.
1: I understand that, um, and I understand that your assets argument, but I wonder if they just said to themselves. Listen, we could get this first round pick, we could get this one like middle level prospect who might be a bottom six guy for us, or maybe a a D depth person, or we can try and keep Chris Kreider. And they decided that they would keep trying. They they just couldn't replace him. Like like you said, they'd rather have Chris Kreider than have those assets. I wonder if we ever know what was on the table. If we ever find out what was on the table for Chris Kreider, but I kind of find it hard to believe it was ever more than a first and sort of like a B-plus prospect, despite I think, the rest of the trade market I, being wild, as you said.
2: I think it was two picks and a prospect. I don't think they were ever getting the NHL-caliber player back in return as well. I, I will say I am just – everything that happened today, nothing sits with me worse than what the fucking Hurricanes did to the Panthers to get Vincent Trocheck. Are you kidding me? Good they didn't job. give up anything good job by the hurricanes just unreal it's just, there's there's so little we can criticize jeff gordon about really is because we've been blessed the last couple of years there's a guy that understands values understands assets and is able to just turn shit into gold really is the one thing he hasn't done is trade with dale tallon and it drives me up a wall because that guy isn't ryan yeah, it's I, incredible. Gorton, how it's is. you know what is funny that you bring this up. Gordon does end up
1: dealing with the smart, quote unquote, smart NHL GMs way more right. than he does with the quote unquote uh, not intelligent GMs. Uh, such I as wonder, I wonder
2: if it's I wonder if it's somewhere in Gordon head Gordon's head. He's like, I can't talk to this guy. He's too fucking stupid. I don't, so he just talks like he talks with Iserman, and I, I don't think he got ripped off with Iserman. But I, he's trying to like prove a point that he can go toe to toe with Iserman, and I think he does okay. And then he trades with Carolina a lot. Like, if you want to break out the Rangers trade, uh, I, our good friend Fitz had this. Think of it this way. The Rangers have traded Joey Keane, two second-round picks, and Brady, Brady Shea, Shea to the Carolina Hurricanes for uh, Julian Gauthier, uh, a first Adam round Fox, pick. and a first-round pick. Not bad. I think you make that trade 100 times out of 100. I
1: agree. Uh, there, I, I don't know if he actually ended up winning the McDonough trade. I, I would say he did not, but he, I'd say he no, held but, his uh, I mean,
2: but to be to be fair, what? The McDonough trade, the Rangers get Lundquist out of it. They get the future pick for Nemestikov. Yeah. Hay- Hayek hasn't been what we thought he would be. Howden hasn't been what we thought he would be. No, just, just didn't. But you take a chance on two higher-end prospects. And to be fair, both those prospects will have NHL careers, which in and of itself is valuable uh but no they i don't think you could say the rangers won that one especially
1: thrown in yes
2: yeah and you also just have to think about the trade in the moment right we felt we felt a little underwhelmed in that deal in the moment we did like we won i don't don't know if anything i don't know if anything has happened since then that we felt underwhelmed i don't think we felt underwhelmed i was overwhelmed by the the, the, the kevin hayes
1: deal out i was like wow the jets gave up that for kevin hayes good for them
2: (laughs) the what the bruins gave up for rick nash turned out to be gold
1: yeah nick holden
2: Come on, dude! Nick Holden Turned out to be gold too. The same Julian Gautier. So it's so it's true. But but yeah, it, it's for whatever reason, like Gordon doesn't want to pick on the pick on the weaklings at the, on the playground. But because if that's all it was going to take to get Trocheck, it's just it's annoying that one. It's annoying that a team in the Metropolitan Division was smart enough to take advantage of it, and two, it's just like, man, if that's not a guy you want on your team for when your window is open for being competitive i don't know what is dude 26 year old center 26 year old center under contract yeah below market value yeah uh it seems
1: good seems drives me up a wall
2: drives me up a wall but props props to carolina they're smart about it
1: for real they're a smart team uh except for i think we did pretty well trading with them uh let's we'll get to brady Shea in one second but some final words on chris kreider for now i think rick is rick coming on with us i think so right
2: rick is coming
1: on with us. all right so rick will come on we'll talk more chris kreider then i i'm very happy chris kreider's back I want to make it clear that I I love Chris Kreider dearly. I think he will be the next captain of this team if it's not because of Inijad. uh Not that captaincies really matter, but I think it, it will be a. I think he's earned it at this point. He's sort of the senior New York Ranger. He'll be one of the longest tenured Rangers of all time. And I'm I'm I think with, you've seen the way this team has played recently. I know Igor Butcher hurt now, um, but we're on a roll. I don't know if playoffs are going to happen. It's still looking slim. i but we were at one percent and now we're at ten so
2: things have changed yeah money, money puck has us at i think 30 percent.
1: that's insane gregory we were at one percent two weeks ago
2: we yeah we... money puck the first time i looked at the first time money puck made their projections available the rangers were at 2.6 back in january
1: yeah so up to 30 percent now to be at 30 is just like truly crazy i, I don't know if they'll make it i have no idea um, but it's going to be a tough run. I think they had to go as of two de- as of two games ago, they had to go 17 and eight. So I guess they still have to go 15 and eight at this point. That's how yeah, I think works. they have
2: 21 games remaining against playoff teams currently in the playoff. Yeah, three
1: games against the Penguins. So going to be a, a real good time and a real good test for this Ranger team moving forward. So let's get to bring before we get to Rick.
2: Well, let's uh, to put a bow on Chris Kreider. Um, it's again. It, it's it. You have to look at it through the the Panarin prism here, right? Yeah, you didn't want to go seven years with him, but those first three years on the contract are going to be so important. And I think this contract will be graded by what the Rangers are able to do in those first three years, because you'll have you'll have Mika on the cheap term for two of them. Obviously, you have Panarin, and you have hopefully the rest of Kreider's quote unquote peak in those first three years, and then. When he becomes a third line rugged scoring upside winger, that doesn't quite have the same—that's maybe like eighty percent the speed that he used to be. We're going to see how he adjusts that, and the Rangers are going to have to be prepared to know that they're probably overpaying a guy in the last half of that contract. But they knew.
1: Don't think they didn't the first, know.
2: They one hundred percent know, and that's why they didn't want to give him term at and first. That,
1: and that's also why they they never.
2: Right, there's not a there's not a situation where the Rangers didn't want Chris Kreider on their roster for next year. They Jeff Gordon's just smart enough to know that that contract's going to age poorly. But he's, you know, it's it's like with starting pitchers. At some point, you have to pay them and hope that what happens on the first half of that deal justifies what's going to happen on the back end.
1: And oh, that's the that's the time. bet
2: Gordon makes, and I'm fine with that.
1: I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I I'm I'm happy. I I've been I was torn all week. I literally didn't know. I was sitting. You know, uh, just on Twitter, th- writing pros and cons lists, writing hypotheticals. Like, do I want him to stay or is it better to trade? I don't know. And all year I was sort of like, there's no way he'll stay. I gave it like a 1% to 2% chance. And here we are. Chris Kreider is now in my life for the next seven years, guaranteed.
2: So, so. This, this all happens at 1130 a.m., just about. Yep. Which means we had a solid three and a half hours where nothing was happening. But you know what I did notice in those three and a half hours? So when the Zach Parise to the Islanders stuff was bubbling up. Man,
1: I'm so <laughs> sad that didn't go down. Yeah, me too.
2: I was I was really rooting for the scenario where Lou Lamorello just forgets that he has to pay Matt Barzal this offseason. And the Islanders just all of a sudden didn't have money to sign him. I was really, really praying for that scenario, Right? Did you I'm see this, we the, didn't get the,
1: uh, the encrypted phone line story from Lou Lamorello? Oh, no. Oh, so supposedly, I don't know if this is true. So take this with a grain of salt, everybody.
2: Which means it's one hundred percent true. But yeah,
1: when it. he was uh, at, at one of his older jobs, he uh, apparently he went to go call on a trade, and he was like, "Hey, I need to be on the encrypted line." And everybody was like, "What the hell are you talking about? We don't have an encrypted line." He's like, "Of course we do." At the uh, my old job as GM at this place, I always had an encrypted line. So they ended up calling his old place of employment, and they were like, "Yeah, what? There was no encrypted line. We just switched the wire from red to blue, so he thought it was encrypted." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a little. <laughs> Jesus. But so. Uh, Zach Parise signed a 13-year deal when he signed with the Minnesota Wild. Which hey, means, God bless him. If he if he retires early, there's a recapture penalty, like the Canucks have to pay on Roberto Luongo right now. I would cap friendly posted what the recapture penalties would be. You know? Do you know? Did you know?
1: Ryan, no, I did not. If Zach
2: Parise that. retires one year early on his contract, which means he played 12 of the 13 years of his contract. Do you know what his cap hit would be for that one year that he retired early for? Four million. Oh no, t- Ryan, take a serious guess. <laughs> Is it more? Seven? Nineteen point four million dollars. <laughs> I was praying to God 19? that the wild traded and the it, would the it, would be, it would be on the wild It would be it would be on the wild's cap too, yeah. Oh if he retires my. one year early, Ryan. God. The Minnesota Wild better hope that either A, Zach Parise is magnificently healthy when he's 39 years old, or B, they find some weird injury they can lie about for a year because if that motherfucker straight up retires one year early, Ryan. Nineteen, 19 million dollars, $19 million. Gregory. Oh
1: if there was something like that in the Rangers, we would never stop talking about it. I think it would be. We every would other... talk
2: about it every day. <laughs> I would. We would have started this podcast, and been like, "Welcome to the first episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway." Oh, by the way, if Henrik Lundqvist ever retires, the Rangers have to pay him twenty million dollars. <laughs> oh like. Like I'd be out of my mind. it be I would I would wake up with cold no sweats they in the changed. middle of the night, be like, Ugh, they changed. What happened?" The, the, the CBA—that's insane. Wow! Oh my, God. nineteen million dollars. All right, Ryan. so we
1: we got three hours of, of, of Zach Pereza going to be a Parise going to be a Islander, and pretty Had much fun some, with it. pretty much nothing else really going on. Some minor trades here or there. Trade deadline comes and goes at three. Uh, I post a picture of me uh, the clown nose on Twitter.
2: And then I made I, I made a tweet saying it's I, if you told me the Rangers weren't going to do anything but yep. Chris Kreider yep. signing an extension so, I wouldn't have believed you. So
1: I get a message, Greg, and I'm going to ask Shana about this later on. I get a message wow. at 3:04, and it's, it's from Shana, and it just says, "How the hell did you get an athletic T-shirt?" But yeah. sh- but Shana had just posted the the freaking Brady Shea news, and I didn't see it yet, so I'm messaging with her, and I go back, and I was, Shana just posted. Brady Shay to the the Hurricanes for a first, and she's the first one to have it by a country Shay- mile. Shayna Bob. Shayna Bob, big time. Shayna Bob. And I I retweeted like I I can't believe she's doing this. This is crazy. I, I, no one else has it. Drager's not tweeting it. Bob's not tweeting it. And then all of a sudden Fitz tweets it. And I'm like that's weird, but I know Fitz has some access to some things. And I, I'm like I I'm messaging Shayna like what the hell did you just tweet Brady Shay? to the, the canes and then ask me about a t-shirt what are you doing <laughs> what's wrong with you so then i uh, go back and no one for like a good 10 minutes people were like kind of discrediting her and uh, didn't really know what was happening and guess what turns out to be true uh then drager and bob give it uh give it the old one four they don't give her credit thanks so much guys and then uh and then it turned Yeah, out I, of- I saw one of them.
2: One of them gave credit to Pierre LeBron, and I was like, Come on, right bro. outlet, but not the right person. Shayna, yeah. Shayna was first.
1: I think Shayna had it. By a mile, ma- dude, by like 10 by minutes. By Yeah, like in NBA by standards, mile. it would have been like three days long. So uh, were you surprised by this? Because I, I certainly was we, – we, we heard about the talks like two hours in advance, and it was one of the only times in NHL rumor history that the talks happened and two minutes later the trade did not happen. Uh, right.
2: So it's – I. I wasn't. I I ended up being surprised, but the reason I was surprised was the more surprising part. It's because what you forgot to mention is about thirty minutes before Shayna tweeted it out, we learned that the Hurricanes had traded for Sammy oh, Vatnman.
1: That's true, and everyone so immediately, I, everyone immediately was like, "Well, this is the end of Shade of the Carolina." Right,
2: right, because um, the the thing hold that we thought was holding up Shade of Carolina was the money and the Rangers. Even if they ate fifty percent of Brady Shay. The hurricanes simply didn't have the cap room to make a move for Brady Shea at the time. And if they would have percent tra-
1: I would have thrown a fit, in case you were wondering. It
2: wouldn't have made it. It wouldn't have made much sense. I mean, you would have had to get more than a first rounder back, but we're not even we're not at that point yet. Yeah. So when the Vatinan trade happens, obviously I'm texting our friend Jeff the entire day and Vatinant happens. And I, I I texted him, Oh, you you snake, because I did the math, or at least I looked at the math. Vattenon at 50% fit just barely. Under the Hurricanes' open uh, cap number, so I was like, "Well, that's it. That's their defensive move. They want. They got. It. They went out. They got their guy, and they they're happy about it." So I just that's when I started firing off the. I can't believe the Rangers haven't done more. If you told me this was gonna, I, I wasn't even saying it in a disappointed way. I was just kind of like bewildered that the New York Rangers weren't going to make a move in what turned out to be one of the most significant sellers' markets at the trade deadline in recent history, and then. Shayna drops the bomb, like no Brady Shay's a hurricane as well. I'm like, what? what? Like it was, it was, it was both like amazement that the deal happened, amazement that the Hurricanes in one day traded for Vincent Trocheck, Sammy Vatninn, and Brady Shay. Two of those guys, Shay and Trocheck, who have long term under their belts currently, and it was just like the Hurricanes couldn't make the money work when we were just talking about Shay. So how the hell are they going to make the money work now? Oh, by the way, Shayna broke the news. So it was like, every. Everything – I was just – every layer of that news may be more and more surprised. Um, where I sit now, Ryan, I don't know. I, 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 I've been having a hard time digesting the Shea news, not because – well, one, I think he got miscast as the villain. I don't understand the portion of this fan base that turned on Brady Shea unfairly. I don't know how many times you and I have sounded this podcast and said, the Rangers are paying him to be a second-pairing defender – But they're in a position because they're so just barren of talent on the blue line that they have to play him top-pairing minutes, which overexposes him. Uh, Two, it was clear that Brady Shea was on an upward trajectory, and then Lindy Ruff came in, and it seemingly didn't no longer go that way. And then, honestly, Ryan, driving home from work today, I realized – I don't even know if you remember this – Brady Shea was basically – the first top prospect you and I have ever talked about on this podcast. I actually,
1: it's so funny you said that. I was walking around. And I was like, "This is the first time we will ever see a guy that like came up, and we we've watched his whole New York Ranger career, and then now on he's on the podcast. Gone. On the podcast, yeah, on we the podcast, we covered him the entire time
2: because so, we we were calling him shit. Like we couldn't pronounce his name at first. Thought his name was Brady Skagey. We uh, just classic classic blue shirts breakaway non pronunciation there. Yep. Um, but yeah, we were we were talking about him like. He's a good D prospect, but this is this guy as good as we're making him out to be, or is it just we're calling him good because there are no other prospects in the Rangers? And when he came up, system.
1: He, was, he was lightning, bro. He was amazing. Uh and just it's him- nuts.
2: It, it it feels like he's been a ranger longer than we've been doing this podcast, but he just hasn't. He just
1: hasn't been. And I, I think we're we'll talk to Rick about, you know, the whole this whole situation with Shay now, but it does certainly and I know you're gonna say this, it does certainly feel like they're freeing up cap space for other moves.
2: Yeah, Obviously, they are. I don't think. I think the return makes this trade more palatable. If you're Jeff Gordon, I think I, getting a first for
1: Brady Shea is quite good. I don't know. I think I, it's I, very good. I and was especially very happy considering
2: that first rounder could be valuable too, because they're getting the worst of the Maple Leafs and Hurricanes picks, and there there are scenarios where both teams miss the playoffs. Yeah, it's possible. So it's it's one hundred percent possible that the Rangers get. A pretty tasty first round pick. Is it likely? No, especially considering the moves the Hurricanes made today. But even the, uh, and even the Maple so, Leafs, are...
1: dude, it's a first round pick in a deep draft that you've talked about. Right. You can move for an asset. And by right. the way, exactly, it might exactly. it might be a better pick than you would have got for freaking Chris Kreider.
2: Right. It and it does in sense justify the Kreider signing because you're still walking away from the trade deadline with two first round picks. That's
1: exactly which. It.
2: If you asked me yesterday what the goal of today was. It was to make sure the Rangers had two first round well, picks. Well,
1: you first. walked away. You you kept Chris Kreider. You got the second first round pick, and all you're missing is whatever the B the B level prospect or the the fill-in player that you would have got for Chris Kreider. And you got the same thing for Brady Shea. So for me that's a big win. Like
2: cause... And you can call that you honestly, you could squint and call that B-level prospect Julian Goche if you really wanted to. Like you could sure. you could make this trade, you could make this trade Shay and Keen for Gauthier in a first-round pick.
1: And, and that's the same as, as what you would have got. We, we left this podcast last week saying, what do, you, what do you predict? We said, maybe fast goes, Kreider definitely goes. And instead, you lost Shea, who I think is replaceable in the long term, where Kreider is not.
2: Right, but now, I'm happy you brought up the word replaceable because there are repercussions to this trade that we need to there is. sift through a little bit, and I'm sure we're going to do that with Rick as well. Are we but waiting for Rick you and I Should we talk? call him soon? Uh, I texted him. He, he knows what's up. He's going to text me when he's good to go, he okay. got home late from the press conference. Cause as you know, the Rangers didn't do the press conference until about five 30. Yeah. I was watching this. All. Uh So mm-hmm. he's, he's still probably working on his story okay. that he has to write for a website where this podcast will be mm, posted. Theathletic.com, uh, but the repercussions to the Shea trade, there's some good and some bad. Uh And there's a lot of risk. The good is it's, it seems impossible to think of a scenario where the New York Rangers Aren't extending Tony D'Angelo offseason.
1: Oh, impossible. Totally impossible. They 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 obviously love what they saw from Tony this year. He's taken a big step forward, uh offensively at least. And yep. I, I don't know if they'll ever play him on his left side. I'm curious if that ever will happen. It would
2: still make a lot of sense if they did, but again, we'll we'll see where the Rangers want to uh But they're clearly making money for him. I mean
1: even Rick said, you know, it's like yep. is to make money for D'Angelo.
2: Right. And it it D'Angelo was the clear one that they had to make money for. Like I'm sure the Rangers would love to give Strom a raise, keep Fost, give Georgiev a raise, all these other things. But the, the clear uh, Lemieux too we could put in that uh discussion. Lemieux the is clear one be a
1: four, it, bottom six guy. He's not gonna get the, paid
2: a lot. No, and the Rangers needed to make a decision defensively. And their decision basically was do we keep Redishea long term or do we keep Tony D'Angelo long term? push came the shove and they're going to make, they're going to put their bet on D'Angelo and that's fine. I there's, there's nothing I can say wrong with that. D'Angelo has matured his game to a point where you and I are very comfortable with him long-term. We would rather the Rangers give him more minutes by playing him on his off hand. We've been saying that for months at this mm-hmm. point. So it's like, that's a, that's a fine bet. That's a fine bet. The Rangers aren't out of cap hell for next year yet, though, right? No. They were after the Kreider announcement, they were at about nine point one. Yep. And now they've taken off five point two from Shea. So do the math. They're at about fourteen point three now. And again, D'Angelo, Strom, Georgiev, Lemieux, Faust. They either have to sign those guys or replace those guys. And that's going to cost money. And either way you slice it. But if they're not in they're not in cap hell. As some people would have you out to be, they just have to be careful about where they're spending and choosing where to upgrade. The the second repercussion is, and I said this on Twitter, I know you retweeted it. Mark Stahl's a New York Ranger next year. Like I don't see I don't see any scenario where the New York Rangers, they're already gonna have to worry about replacing Shea. And I understand they're gonna try and do it with Brendan Smith off the jump. And while I think that's fine for this year, again, remember how I mentioned the Kreider move made it clear that the New York Rangers window is officially open. That's fine and good, but two of your three left-handed defensemen then can't be Mark Stahl and Brendan Smith.
1: Agree. Totally. You need to do. You know, I'm a a Brendan Smith defender. I think he's done.
2: He's fine for now. He's He's totally fine.
1: Dude. I I think he's just as he's maybe, maybe he's a notch below Shea, but he's not going to, he's not going to ruin your game. He's not going to ruin the team,
2: but he's also not going to, Like Shea, he's not going to take your game to the level it needs to be in order for you to compete for a Stanley Cup realistically. No way. And while I'd be fine with either Stahl or Smith as my third pairing defender, I would really be fine. The repercussions are, we're now expecting Ryan Lindgren to possibly be something that he's not, which is everything that got us in trouble with Brady Shea. It's literally the exact same thing. Lindgren's been very good this year. But now if the Rangers are going to... You
1: know, for what he was supposed to be. For what he is.
2: Yes, but now if the Rangers are asking him to do more, you're you're falling into the same traps again. As much as you and I both love Keandre Miller, it is irresponsible for us to think that he could jump in immediately and be a top four defenseman. Defense is, way, is
1: way harder than playing forward in the NHL. It just is. And
2: and it, this is a guy two years removed from his draft year. He's only a sophomore in college. Even if you want to make the argument that they move Tony to the left, which again they should, bringing in Niels Lundqvist. I think it's irresponsible to expect him to be a third-pairing defenseman as a rookie. I think he needs, like Kravstoff, a full year in Hartford before the Rangers bring him up. So, any way, any way you slice it, not only is Mark Stahl on this team, Mark Stahl is going to be leaned on heavily, and the Rangers now have a hole they got to fill on the left-hand side. I, th- This is not going to be the week where we go into options about what the Rangers could do on the left-hand we side. We've got plenty more time to-, to do that. Well, a surprise for you. Next week, our good friend Hockey Statminer will be on the podcast Whoa! with us. to and, and My we're gonna, favorite Twitter follow. We're going we're gonna to do some spreadsheeting and see where the Rangers could possibly add a left-handed defenseman. But look, part of the reason why it's good the Rangers traded Brady Shea, sure, you've opened up more money for Tony D'Angelo, but you've also created yourself an opportunity to make yourself better defensively on the left-hand side. I'm not saying they're going to go out and trade for a Jacob Truba-like defenseman right i think that move would be somewhat surprising given again the cap restraints the rangers are going to have but they're going to have to make a move to bring in a left-handed defenseman above keandre miller above Niels,
1: or one of the guys that play on the right hand have to go to their offhand maybe it's tony maybe it's somebody else
2: you know it really does make a whole lot of sense to put tony on his offhand with fox it does it really does um but even then, like you're still asking one of Lindgren or Stahl to pair with Truba. Have you thought and about today? How a good lot of Fox minutes,
1: because man, that's nice. That's good. <laughs> that just maybe
2: good. honestly, Ryan. Maybe the answer is put Fox on his offhand or Truba on his offhand and just have those two guys. That's what I was thinking. Be your top defenseman.
1: Why not? Just give it a shot. He's,
2: Fox is so good. He's, I I, I just think there's he nothing he can't do. In that's my what life. I'm saying. Yeah.
1: What? Yeah. Why can't he just go? I, he's I know he's a he's a rookie, but he's just he's already by far in my opinion. I I think this the the stats back this up the best defenseman the rangers have just put him on his offense see what he can do all
2: well, right i think this is a good time to throw to rick because he just sent me the text that That's, he's ready to go.
1: that sounds good let's uh let's read some ads we got some good good sponsors this week as you know and we'll uh come back with rick here we go transition okie dokie if you were to guess on average how many days people in the united states wait to see a doctor what would you say probably a week Actually, it's on average people wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major USA. It's basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why your friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient. Take a treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S.-licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, guess what? Roman Pharmacy can ship you medication with free two-day shipping. You get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor at any time. And if you have questions, you just want to address your treatment plan, you can do that too. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel any time. So if you're struggling with ED, get... Go to GetRoman.com BSB for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com BSB for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And delivery is more than just pizza in 2020. With your selection of favorite flavors from across the globe, you can order World Cuisine from the comfort of your living room with DoorDash. DoorDash brings all America's flavors to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is DoorDash your favorite... is <laughs> It's already got your favorite pizza place on it, but there are also... 300,000 other restaurant partners in 4,000 cities, so you might want to find a new favorite one, too. With DoorDash, you never have to worry about your next meal. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order, or $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BSB. That's right, $5 off your first order when you enter the DoorDash, when you download DoorDash app on the App Store and enter code BSB. Don't forget, that's code BSB. With your first $5, get $5 off and get DoorDash. BSB, yeah! And, of course, our last ad, DraftKings. All-Star breaks are in the past, and teams have their sights set on securing their place in the playoff race. According to College Hoops, teams are jockeying for tournament seating. So much action, so little time. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, you can get right in the middle of all the action. The XFL is back to scratch everyone's itch for football. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app to see what special promotions they're having offering And they're offering for the most extreme
2: league in the U.S.
1: American-made DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. That's how you know it's good. It's American-made. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK for a limited time. All you new users can get up to a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget that. That's code Quick, quick. And get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older to apply. New Jersey only. Bonus compromises for first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. A deposit bonus requires 25x play through restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call one injured gambler. Back to the Rangers head. Trade headline nonsense. Hey, we're back with our good best friend ever, Rick Carpinello of The Athletic. Rick, we uh, we weren't recording the last time we started this podcast, so let's start over. How, how was your day?
3: My day could not have possibly been any better. Wow. It, it's like my favorite day. It's like <laughs> Christmas and Thanksgiving. It sucked. My day sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, it, was,
2: it was really I, bad. It was before, long before, bad. Yeah, before we get into the meat and potatoes yeah. of what the hell happened today in terms of what yeah. the Rangers did, my first question for you is, how the hell did you kill the time between 11.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m.? Did you just Mo- sit in the yeah. conference room all day? Mostly
3: starving, yes, in, oh. the, press, in the press room. You're so brave, so, Rick.
2: Uh, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> proud of you.
3: The, uh, no, it was okay. It, it's because we had work to do because there had been stuff happening in the morning, so was, there was plenty to write. Um, and, and thank God for my buddy, Vince Mercagliano and your buddy, I should say, it. who, who went out and, uh, got some sandwiches.
2: What a, and, what a guy.
3: Uh, he, he really is. He, he
1: did yeah. report the sandwiches in case you were wondering, he told everyone. He, was he did. The I know he did. And I, I think
3: that. he kept, I think he kept the change too. So <laughs> <get on. laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, that, so that was the highlight of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was actually fine. It was just. You know, normally on the trade deadline, you go to practice in the morning and you, you get home as fast as you can because you're expecting stuff to happen. And in this case, you know, stuff happened first thing in the morning and then you had to wait to see if anything else happened. So it didn't really – and then, you know, then there was a press conference instead of a conference call with J.D. and Gordon. So, you know, we basically stay at the rink all day. And it was it, – I exaggerate. It was fine. Um, it, you know, we've had much worse days. So around that rank. Like, let,
1: let's start with the press conferences. You've been covering the team, obviously, for an incredibly long time at this point. That's not me calling you old, just calling you a Grizzled veteran. But at, <laughs> a, a, have you ever seen a trade deadline like this where there was just sort of two press conferences?
3: Um, No, probably not. I, I don't remember any like that because, you know, I think, you know, the Kreider thing was, was not, if it was a trade, if they had traded Kreider, then it probably would have been just one press conference. But also, I think J.D. wanted to get out there with the accident, which is Durkan and Bush damage. Um, He wanted the statement made before, you know, it started to leak out. And I guess somebody, some people did have it on Twitter. And I actually called somebody an ass for putting that on Twitter because I thought they were fooling around, you know, as people do. But, um, you know, that was such an unfortunate thing and and really very, very lucky that it wasn't more serious. Um, So I think JD wanted to get out there with that front and center um, and then at the same time he. Bothered to you know, give us the details of of Kreider. So um, that all you know, it was weird in that regard. But but I think you know JD handled it very well And Gordon. He
2: did. Um, okay, go ahead, Greg. Well, I was I was just gonna not not to veer off topic, but it, it, it's one thing I, I I'm ready to do. Rick, what was more surprising to you of the deals today? Because it we went to sleep, well. Mid-afternoon yesterday, it it started to feel like Kreider was gone. And then by the time we were going to bed, it started to feel like, well, maybe not. And then we wake up this morning, and there's this ominous news conference that's coming that feels weird that it's happening at 11 o'clock in the morning. And then the Kreider extension happens. And then once we start thinking the entire day is done, the Hurricanes come a-calling, and all of a sudden the Rangers have done another trade. What was the most surprising part of the day? for you today well i guess
3: the, f- the first thing and let me say this first the, f- the most surprising thing today was shana goldman breaking, hey! in, breaking.
2: Hey! she's an insider that? now rick
3: we've all been replaced <laughs> how about that that was so amazing. good for her it wasn't me i mean you know mckenzie and, and all these other guys Pierre lebrun are all following her it was awesome so but but um what was the, What was the gist of that question about the surprising most
2: most surprising part of the yeah. day? Yeah, I know I'm yeah. long winded, yeah. Rick. I I, I yeah. learned it from you. I learned it from I you. I mean, <laughs> the
3: you know the I agree with you that that it, that it went back and forth. I kind of disagree with you the way the way I thought about it because I you know I talked to a lot of people on Saturday and Sunday, and I thought the fact that they were talking and uh, and I was getting the 50, 50, 50, 50 I was I was pretty confident that. that the Rangers were going to get something done with Kreider until last evening. And then I thought it started going sideways. And I thought the Rangers were really stuck on the seventh year and that Kreider really wanted the seventh year and that there's a pretty good chance it wasn't going to happen. Um, And also that the Rangers were talking about privately (laughs) that Kreider's going to have to make up his his mind at 9 a.m. because then they have to move on if he says no. Um, so they were giving him, you know, I don't know how strongly, but they gave him a deadline, a warning deadline. I was thinking it's not going to happen. And so when J.D. said he was going to give us an update, we didn't, had no idea it was going to be about the accident. Um, and he opened it with Kreider signed, and, and that they went to the seventh year. That was all pretty surprising to me, too. Uh, I'm not surprised at all about the Brady Shea thing, except I thought that they felt um, – they, that wasn't going to happen today and that that was something they could do in the summertime, but they were going to do it. They, you know, they needed to get rid of his contract. Uh, first of all, to sign Tony D'Angelo and or uh, Brendan Lemieux and or Ryan Strom, you know, they needed that cap space. And, and mostly, mostly because Brady's game had slipped for three years now and he's not his first pair defenseman. And he's also a very hesitant and indecisive player um, who still has, know the size and the speed and skill to be an nhl defenseman but he just was not being that and with all the lefties they have coming in the next few years they had to get out from under that so um, i knew it was coming but i thought it was coming in the summer uh, so again I, I think the surprise thing to me aside from shana was uh the Kreider agreeing to that contract at that early early hour in the morning he was sick as a dog by the way
2: yeah i would do if i had <laughs> six and a half million dollars in my team. Uh... Coming my way.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was supposedly uh, in bed, missing practice. No idea if he's gonna play tomorrow, but uh, so we didn't get to talk to him.
2: Uh, Rick, just not to. I'm just gonna jump in front of Ryan again because he's gonna wait in line patiently. Love it. <laughs> uh, I know you affectionately call Chris Kreider the Pied Piper, and that everyone in yeah. that locker room follows him around. Yeah. When it comes to Jesper Fast, are yeah. you at all surprised that he's still a New York Ranger or does that kind of fit the same type of mindset for you where this is a guy voted what? Back to back years, the players player award four, four, four years. So was it more valuable to the Rangers just to even if this is just for the next six weeks, more valuable to them to keep yeah. him in a locker room with the league's youngest roster yeah. than it was getting a third or fourth round pick for him?
3: Yes, there's that, and yes, they could they could probably still sign him to a reasonable contract on July 1st. And also, I don't think they were trading him for a third rounder. You know, I thought they didn't think that was enough. If somebody came with a second, he probably would have been gone. Um, but I don't think anybody did. And there were a lot of teams supposedly asking about him, but the Rangers did not want to give him up for a third. And I don't blame him. Um, you know, if you lose Kreider as a free agent, you let him walk on July 1st, it's a disaster. But you know, if, if Fast leaves on July first, you can live with that, and you can somewhat replace him um, reasonably inexpensive. So, um, no, I'm not surprised that he's still here, uh, and I think that it works in their it works to their
1: advantage for the
3: next six weeks or whatever it is. Well,
1: uh, back to Brady for a second. You mentioned that his game has been slipping in the past couple of years, and I think we all expected big things from him after his rookie year, and he came up and was sort of electric to watch and and such. We all saw him uh, every night and uh, his game watched his game slip. Are you surprised the Rangers got a first round pick for Brady Shea?
3: A little bit. Uh, I'm, su- you know what? Uh, that's a good point. I, I am a little bit. I guess they're I guess Carolina is a little desperate with the injuries they've had on defense with uh, Dougie Hamilton and, and uh, Pesci and uh, my buddy, and uh, they, so they got desperate. And uh, and in fact, I think what held it up was they may have jumped before uh before they really had the cap space to finish that trade so i think that might have held it up quite a bit it did it held up it was not officially announced until what five o'clock or so yeah. so um so yeah I, i'm a little surprised they got that for him and i think that's a great deal to get to get a first uh although it's conditional um but it, you know it's a first and, and they're gonna have two picks again so um you know, with Brady though, it's it's really shocking. Like you said, he started out so well, and he has he he skates so well, and he's a big kid, and he's also, by the way, a great kid, a really nice kid. But uh, I think they had to do that, though.
2: With with Brady out, Rick, is there any scenario that Ranger fans should even be considering the idea of Jacob Truba getting moved before July first?
3: I don't see it. I, you know, he's struggled. Um, but he struggled for a number of reasons. One, new team, new partner. Two, he played with Brady Shea. Um, and I think he's he's a guy that they think is the kind of guy you build around. You know, he's got a mean streak. He's he's reliable. He competes. He's big. Uh, he's He's got a great shot. He moves the puck well. He hasn't played well, but they think he will. And I also don't see anybody running around to Get that con- the rest of that contract. So, I think he'll be here. I think he's going to be here for the long term.
1: Well, the no move contract comes in July first, so he definitely will be in for the long term. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming one of the reasons he came here was to play with one of his good best friends, Brady Shea, and that is no longer available to him. So yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder uh, how that would change his game or how he'll react to that. I'm sure he's a constant professional, so uh, he'll handle yeah. it. But that's got to be a bummer. I mean,
3: yeah. yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But he also came to be in New York you know with his fian- fiance or his girlfriend whatever that is right um and, and uh, you know i think that there's all that and and there's also eight million other reasons every year okay. for him to be to be <laughs> here and not no but i think uh, I, like, you're right though he's a pro um he needs a partner there's no question that he can't play with a you know a guy who's a who's a third uh third pair guy he can't he needs a first pair guy to play with and you know the, the rangers haven't had one first pair guy let alone two for a number of years now so uh you know since mcdonald and girardi left so um they have to get somebody to play with them or develop somebody to play with them and and that may be coming as you know they have about 400 left-handed defensemen in the pipeline so uh, that may be coming
2: rick that leads perfectly into my next question because if there's anything the three of us can agree on it's if the rangers are signing chris Kreider long term This is a team that 100%, they they might be happy to be in the playoff race this year, but it's a team that expects to be in the playoffs next year. And if this is a team that's going to be in the playoffs next year, how do you replace the minutes Brady Shea was eating? I know Ryan and I have been a big move either Fox or D'Angelo to his offhand to play them on the top line. Is it safe to say that if the Rangers don't want to do that, this is a team that now needs to go out and identify a left-handed defenseman that they can allocate some assets towards.
3: perhaps um you know like I said they have they have way too many left defensemen coming that are that, that than they need. so they they certainly can deal from that, deal with a younger guy two younger guys for an older guy. It's possible. Um, their cap space is gonna be kind of tight next year. I think it's probably more likely that next year they go with. Libor Hayek or Igor Rykov, Rykov, whatever whatever you say it, and um, you know move guys up. And you know, I hope, they, I think they're going to keep DeAngelo now. Um, Mark Stahl and I'm going to duck under my desk while I say this has been really good here. <laughs> so <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I think I think Brandon
1: Smith's been really good this year for the the job he's been
3: asked I mean, especially since since he had to fill in on defense a couple weeks ago has been just fine. And um, so, you know, so you, you go with that now. You have Hayek and, and Rykov in the minors. And uh, who knows, you know, when Keandra Miller comes or one of these other guys uh, shows up. I think more likely than not, especially after what Capo Kako had to go through this year and what Kravtsov went through this year, I think they're going to ticket everybody from now on to go to Hartford to start, especially young defensemen. And so I think that's where Keandre Miller goes next year if he, if he signs and the others. And uh, so maybe they go, you know, one way, I, I agree with you next year. They, they probably think they should be in the playoffs, but they also know that next year is still a rebuilding year. It still is very much a rebuilding year because they have to get through that year and, and then they get to the unlimited cap space almost unli- virtually unlimited. 40,
1: 47 million dollars of cap space ready to roll yeah
3: right they can they, they go out and find anybody they want <laughs> and um you know and then they'll have their, their two goalies and their 15 defensemen and the, the two top line they, they, they're going to need somebody else to play on the top line somewhere um you know, they're going to be in really good shape when they get there. And so making the playoffs is going to be a much stronger goal next year. But even whether it happens or not, they still have to have it still have to be a rebuilding year.
1: They'll have the Rick. chance. Oh, I'm cutting you off this time, Gregory. They'll have oh, the sh- boy. they'll have the chance to do that this year. Uh Igor was probably going to be week to week at this point. We don't know if we'll see him the rest no. of the season. A man that no. will probably have a lot to say about if they make the playoffs this year will be Henrik Lundqvist. I know Georgiev I know yeah, I know. I know Georgiev will be starting tomorrow against the Islanders. How often do you think yeah. Hank will be playing now that the two goalie tandem is or three goalie tandem is down to two?
3: Yeah, that's an interesting question. And uh we didn't get the chance to talk to Quinn today, but um You know, you wonder too, Henrik, the next game is in Montreal and Henrik never plays there. So, you know, does he finally come out out and play the back-to-backs with Philadelphia or the home-and-home with Philadelphia? Who knows? But, uh, you know, I think Georgiev's still going to be the number one and Henrik's going to be the number two, uh, unless Henrik comes out and plays really well. Uh, You know, he hasn't really given us an indication of doing that yet. He hasn't played terribly, but he hasn't certainly not been a, a number one goalie. Um, so yeah, it's a great question. I, I don't even have a clue how they figure this out, except that I think that Quinn made it very clear with Shustikin that whoever plays well plays, and he even did that when Shesterkin had a little ankle injury, and Georgiev played well. Well, then Georgiev kept playing. So um, you know, I think he'll he'll stick to that. Whoever plays play whoever plays well plays, and uh, Hank will have to live with that. And uh, Lunk was talked today to us, and He was really interesting today. He's been so down and so, uh, it's been so, he calls it challenging, but it's been difficult. And uh, today he just talked about putting his focus on playing as well as he can possibly play when he gets a chance to play and then sitting down with J.D. and Gorton and Quinn in the summertime and figuring it out. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, he repeated again that he knew what he was getting into when he signed up two years ago, uh, for the, for the rebuild. And, uh, but now, now he's finally talking about how we're going to get to the next, uh, to the next answer, the next part of his career and, and what that's be. He, he has no idea really, but, and I don't think they do either, but they know something has to be done.
2: Was there even a fleeting moment in your mind today, Rick, with at that first 1120 press conference that it could have been Hank related
3: no, well, I, I may maybe a fleeting, yeah, but you know, I I'd spoken to somebody pretty high up. Um, I'm trying to remember what day it was, I think it was I think it was Saturday, uh, and I said, is, is, "Do you think he'll be here Tuesday?" And he and he said to me, "Yes, absolutely." So, um, you know, there I started to hear rumblings about maybe he would wave, and he may have approached them and said, "Look, for these teams, you know, if you can do a deal, maybe I will." Um, but then I think that, you know, they realized there really aren't teams out there. What, you know, what team was really going to do it? Uh, Colorado. That's it. really. No. Yeah. So, you know, and you thought maybe Carolina after the injuries, but really what team, what team's going to take on even half a 4.5 for next year. Uh, so, (laughs) yeah. So, um, but, you know, but I, I didn't think very seriously that he was going to be leaving today.
2: Uh, Rick, in your humble opinion, how do you think the Ranger fan base would react if we lost to a Zamboni driver? <laughs> oh, my
3: God. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it can't be any worse than when they lose to, to Carey Price, right? I mean, it can't be. The Rangers fan base reacts to losses, reacts to trades. I mean, it, it's such a polar place. Like, some people really get it and really understand. And just like the Kreider thing, like, people are. Mad as hell today that they signed Kreider for all his money. Like what? It's it's the, it's the is very
1: reasonable. Like it's incredibly yeah.
3: reasonable. Yeah, it's, it's one point eight five more than he made this year. So how is that? You know what? What player are you getting for that one point eight five? That you know, that you're not going to be able to. And and this idea that he's going to be breaking down when he's thirty one and thirty two is absurd. It's just absurd. Mark Messier came. He was 31 years old in 1991, and people were saying, "This guy's—he's all banged up. He's over the hill. It's really crazy trading these kids, these great kids, Jake DeBrusk and Stephen Rice for him. Yeah, yeah, great kids. And you know, he only played till he was 43. He was still (laughs) really good when he was when he was what, 36 or 37. Yeah. Um, You know, when they when they kicked him out the door, he scored 38 goals. Then missed some time with a bad neck or something that year. So. You know, to think that Kreider is going to be breaking down at 31 and 32, I think is ridiculous. Now, the last year might maybe. Have, you may have some regrets. But, you know, if he gets you to real contending during the course of his contract, then you deal with that last year somehow. And the cap's going to go up with this TV deal. And, you know, by the time he gets to the seventh year, $6.5 is going to look like $4 million looks now.
1: I agree with that that point. Uh, and I, I'm glad they ended up doing it. I think it opens up the contention window. I think we're pretty much ready to roll. And uh, I know you said the rebuild isn't over, but in my head, that's what signals the rebuild. Like maybe it's development time, but this is now. It's now we're buyers. We're no longer sellers. We've sold off three deadlines in a row, and and that time is over. Uh,
3: I think next year, yeah. I think next year there they won't be sellers.
1: <laughs> I, I, sure. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Uh, is yeah. there any? Other, I guess my last question is: there any player that you thought might get traded that that just didn't, like a Strom or uh, maybe another player I'm not thinking of?
3: And I idea. Yeah, I thought there would be more today, you know. But I but I also thought, like I said, I thought that the Shea would Shay would be in the summertime. <clears throat> so excuse me. With with Shea getting traded today and his contract being traded. I think it gives them enough flexibility where they didn't feel they had to do something today. Um, Faust is the only unrestricted. So they have time to do Strom and Lemieux and all the others, Georgiev. <laughs> so, uh, and mostly D'Angelo. I think D'Angelo is a really important one here. Um, and more I've gone 180 degrees on him in the last two years, because to me, he was a risky player, an immature player. And I thought, you know, this kid's not going to be around when the other players start getting here from the draft. And boy, he's turned into a really good player who still takes risks and still does some stupid things, still immature sometimes. But he's turned it around so much, and he's so productive that uh, you know I think they need to absolutely find a way to sign him. So, uh, but no, I'm, I don't think there were any other players that I was certain that would be traded. I just did think I did think there would be several trades today.
2: Yeah. Rick, do you want to try and put on your best Arthur Staple-looking attire and try and tell me what the hell Lou Lammarello was thinking today? Wow. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty shocking, right? right? Like,
3: to not only get Pajot, but then before you see him play one minute, you sign him, you re-sign him, and then the Zach Parisi thing, I didn't get at all. <laughs> Rick, not would it surprise
2: really. you if I told you that some guy named Matt Barzal is not signed for next season yet?
3: That would kind of surprise me. Yeah, I didn't know that, but, um,
2: <laughs> You think, yeah, you think I mean, offer sheets might come back for one year?
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I thought they were coming back last year though, and they didn't. So. Yeah, we I got one. Sure we got were. one. Yeah. It was a it, deal for the Carolina yeah, Hurricanes. Yeah. That worked out well. So. Um, I thought the Rangers were get I thought the Rangers had one in them that, last year. Um, yeah. And if they didn't get Panera, and I think they were, going, they were going, they were going to do one, but, uh, so yeah, you know, I don't know I don't know exactly what Lou's doing and, and Lou's done some funny stuff over the years. Um you know, I, I I don't even know that the Islanders are a lot better today than they were yesterday. Uh, Peugeot will help them. Peugeot will they'll, beat they'll the help.
1: Rangers. That's what he does.
3: He will score four goals tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. It's a lock it up. Mark
3: right there. Mark it right down. <laughs> That's but it. but you know, but you know, I don't I don't know enough about that team to say what the hell they need, but I know that what they have isn't winning the Stanley Cup. I and mean, maybe eventually um, they'll they'll prove me wrong. Maybe eventually what all the moves that they've made, Andy Green, etc., you know, will, will equal something and make them legit. But right now, the way they played up to this point, they're not a legit contender. Um, so we'll see. Lou hasn't uh, Lou hasn't really had the fastball for a long time though.
1: Yeah, seems to have lost <laughs> it a like little bit.
3: Much as much as I like the guy, and I really do like him, and we get along really well for some reason. I I have no idea why, by the way. But every time he sees me, we talk. Right, so, I have <laughs> by, no uh... idea why. No idea why. But yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's because
2: our last names are I E L L O. But Ryan, since you asked your last question, I got two final questions for you, Rick. They're both little. They're both a little fun. Do you want to piss off the young kids and say Alex Ovechkin is not the greatest goal scorer of all time today? Oh my.
3: Yeah, I don't piss off anybody saying that. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Can, 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 yeah. we have time, you don't have time oh, we have, time? Rick, for
2: you all the time. Whatever the you want, right. buddy. I,
3: I might have told you this story once before, but I don't think I did. So my wife and I went to Quebec one summer for, for just for a vacation for a week. And we were in Quebec City. Uh, so we took one of those tours where it's basically a cab driver, um, a bilingual cab driver, and uh, in, a, in a, like a van, a little van. And he took us to the falls and stuff and whatnot. So anyway, the other cu- the other couple in the van with us was from Pittsburgh. So now you've got uh, a Pittsburgh couple and a cab driver from Quebec City. And they start talking about Mario. And I'm sitting in the back. And they're, oh, Mario's much better than Gretzky is. They're going on and on about Mario, how much better he is than everybody who has ever walked the planet, including Gretzky. And then the cab driver turns to me and says, hey, sir, how, what, how about you? What do you think, Mario or Gretzky? And I said, you know, I don't really follow hockey. <laughs> 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 I'm not getting into that. But I will piss off anybody with this Gretzky and Ovechkin stuff because, you know, I understand there are different eras. And I understand that it was a lot easier to score goals when Gretzky played. There's no question about it. The goalies were worse. Although Gretzky had to fight through a lot more crap than Bovechkin Mar- than uh, Ovechkin has to fight through, uh, you know they were allowed to slash and hack and hold and tackle back then, and they don't now. Uh, that said, when you compare players of different eras, you have to compare them to where how they stood among their peers, and nobody was even remotely close to Gretzky. I mean, nobody, you know, what he did, nobody approached. So uh, Ovechkin, Ovechkin has not done that. Ovechkin's a great, great goal scorer, and he's probably going to be in the top two or three of all time when he's finished. But he's never going to be head and shoulders above everybody else in his era the way Gretzky was, I and mean, just not. And, and nobody ever will be. It's like, it's like Babe Ruth, you know, the Babe Ruth stories of him having more home runs than all the other teams combined. You know, that's how you judge how much better he was than everybody else in his era. You don't say Babe Ruth is better than Barry Bonds. You can't you can't say that. Babe Ruth might not get a hit off Adam Odovino, as Odovino said. He would strike him out every time, you know. So you can't compare the eras, but you can compare how each guy stood among his peers. And Gretzky was by far the greatest, if not the most dominant athlete, of all time in any sport
2: compared to his peers. I will graciously accept that argument. That's actually a really good argument that I can get behind. Uh, <laughs> my my final question, Rick, uh, It's it was like 50 degrees in Albany yesterday. So I just want to know where we're golfing and when.
3: Well, we're obviously not golfing soon. Um, no. Especially if the Rangers are really going to screw things up and make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll have to see about that. I, I mean, we we'll meet in the middle somewhere. I meet you up like in Kingston or something. Hudson Valley. Well, I've honestly,
2: uh, my my, the course I played growing up was Longshore in Westport. So I don't know if you've ever played Longshore, but I'd I'd take a trip down to the coast to play Longshore again. Sure,
3: I'd, that'd be great. But I, that's a, that's a much longer trip for you than it is for me.
2: Yeah, it's all right. I can call it a homecoming. I'll write it off on the taxes or something.
3: Or okay. well, we can, I, you know, we can meet up. We can meet up in King- near Kingston. There's a there's a course uh, called Apple Greens, which is a really nice little public course, which is oh. like halfway for us, halfway for both of us. Greg, as your lawyer, we'll get-
1: you cannot write that off. Just in case you're wondering,
2: <laughs> you're <laughs> not. You're not my lawyer. You're my tax man. That's, That's true. Okay,
1: <laughs> Rick. Thanks but, so yeah. much for for and joining you- us tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Oh,
2: my pleasure. My
3: pleasure, guys. I'm glad you're finally. Went, lowered the bar enough to, to ask me to come
2: on. Oh, it, don't start this, <laughs> mister. I'm doing, <laughs> oh, I'm doing yeah. MSG intermissions. Yeah, but uh, I'm going on WFAN. On WFAN. Or, you're you're big time SVN? for us now, Rick. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, that'll be the day. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Of I course. appreciate it. Uh Always a pleasure. Right, you can now.
1: follow Rick at theathletic.com. If you want to use the promo code, it's uh, slash BSB. You can always join us there. We don't get paid for that, by the way. It was just a nice thing to do. All right, Uh Rick, we'll talk to you soon. Transition to the end of the show. Thanks,
3: boys. Okay. Enjoyed it. Take care.
1: Hey, we're back. Rick. Is the best. I can't believe there was a He's time we used to hate him. <laughs> and now Isn't it crazy. And now and Rick- there
2: was a time where he was afraid of us because he thought we were gonna kill him to kill at him. a New York
1: bar. And now he used to he opens up because goes, You guys are the best. I hate you.
2: <laughs> I <was> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you uh well what people what people didn't hear at first is Rick. Yeah. Um every now and then a guest comes on and they immediately think we're already recording, which is fine. Right. It makes for a fun little uh quick second back and forth because we can always catch someone telling a really good story. And but we, you and I we will don't have like the same to record thought right
1: away because I feel like it's like catches somebody off guard. I want to, yeah, but him, we him up real quick.
2: The moment, the moment happens where once we start hearing someone going in on a really long story, we'll be like, you know, we're not recording yet. Right. <laughs> and when we dropped, when we dropped the, you know, we're not recording yet on Rick. He just goes ah, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and well, like, I've never, heard I've never, as someone who loves that word so much, I've never heard it from Rick and I've never heard it. That's a dude who's worked an incredibly long day. All he wants to do at the end of the day is not talk to us on a podcast. It's true. But because for some reason we're like his two drunk nephews he will do whatever he wants for us if it works in his schedule when he's not picking up his wife from the airport. And then he's He's just going on this story, thinking we're already recording because it's already late in the yeah, night. Yeah, he's like, you know, and Chris Cryer's him, a
1: great guy; they all love him. And I was like, hey, Rick. They call not, him the Pied Piper.
2: Like, yeah, we're not. And recording, then you can you, you can hear his heartbreak when we tell him we're not recording. Yet. Yeah, he's already in the zone. Uh, oh man, he's the he's the best.
1: Uh, listen, uh, you know, if you don't know this. If this is your first time listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, we record every Monday. So we're here at 365. Every single week you get some Ranger content. So if we didn't cover something you wanted to hear today, we're going to cover it in the future. I promise. There's Every every single part uh, will be covered. And if you want us to cover it, there's an easy way for you to do that. You can go to iTunes right now and listen, and go to search Blue Shirts Breakaway. Type in uh, on the review section. You could leave a five-star review. And at that point, we will read them on the show. This week we only have two. They're so quick, Greg, so we're going to do them. Uh, just, oh, I hope they're MET-related. They're not. This one just is – they're both just compliments, so it's not even oh, questions. Shit. It's it's. This is from Trevo. He just says five stars. That's it. Great. And then the other one is from Andrew28500. five hundred. Says honestly, I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you guys to keep up the great work. Also, both of your Twitter games are strong, and congrats to Ryan on getting hitched. Thank you. Appreciate it, Andrew.
2: <laughs> yeah, I – I don't know. I some of this I know is your Twitter has blown up recently. Yeah. But the last week, both of our Twitters have it's, just been—it's been insane. Lit.
1: Hey, I I, lit. I plugged Rob uh, Rob Lurker who has uh, been on the show and he got he had like three hundred followers. That's my dude. Follow him if you're not following that Rob Lurker. L- Rob L-
2: Rob's L- great. The the thing I love about are, Rob okay. the most is I don't agree with him all the time, and you need. I don't know about you, Ryan. Love I love to I guess, follow people am, I don't agree with. Right. I just, I need that perspective. I need to be challenged on my ideas. I can't live in an echo chamber and just have people slide into my mentions all the time being like, you know what? Great point, Craig. I'm not inviting people to disagree with me all the time, but it's good to know that they exist. It's
1: kind of like I like why I like responding to people on Twitter. Like, okay, you called me an idiot. Let's talk about why. because <laughs> I, I really want to know why you think I'm an idiot.
2: Uh yeah, how you and I respond to people calling it's each other day, idiot is night and day. You're like, you're like, let's explore that a little bit further. Let's talk more about how you think I'm an idiot. Whereas I'm just like, oh, you're a piece of shit, aren't you? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, tell me more about how you suck because yeah. you think I suck.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's that you know, getting both sides kind of deal. That's what that's what makes oh, yeah. this podcast great, though. You know, keep it great. Oh yeah. Uh, so if, yep. we, if we didn't cover anything you want, uh, feel free to leave a five star question for next week. You can follow me at O'Rei you can follow Greg at Blue Shirt Break, and we've been doing a great job there. We'll continue to do a great job. If you have any requests, any video stuff, I know Fitz is doing a great job on that. Um, he's been doing a lot of great video stuff, also. And check out Shane and Rick on the Athletic. Uh, I think I guess the last thing I'll say to close today is I want to thank everyone for supporting us. Seriously, you guys are the best. Eric Stag, uh, Ben Weber, Ben Ben Waters, Tory from Manhattan, everyone else. I always miss one person. <laughs> to, oh, Tommy, Brian, O'Ne- Tommy O'Neill. Brian. Brian Doyle. Brian Doyle. Brian Doyle, who messaged me this week, he was like, "Yeah, it's, he said it was actually Albany, by the way." For everyone listening, he does was go, it? Yeah, he goes back to Albany. So
2: why did I think his address was like Vermont? I he said someone second, stickers in Vermont. He's
1: very uh, Bernie Sanders, and he has a is sum, a summer home in Vermont. We'll get a five star question that says this, this podcast is too political now. That's very good. Oh jeez. Yeah, oh jeez. What you want to put Tony on his left? You don't. Hand? You don't want. To, wait, hold on. You don't
2: want to talk political. You don't want to talk about your new Twitter follower this week?
1: Oh no, I can't. <laughs> 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 but when, when you saw that what did you think just without saying too much
2: i was a little offended he didn't follow me too
1: i yeah i i could get that i feel that but you're not missing out How, that much
2: uh did you follow him back
1: no come on dude
2: okay i was about to say Right. no don't problem. get political you're gonna you're all of a sudden gonna get
1: problematic people you- are gonna be going through my follows like who is
2: it <laughs> Oh, my God. If someone if someone finds it, please take a screenshot of who you think it is. Okay. This will be fun. This will be a fun game.
1: Yeah. Who's the, who's the person that is political that follows Ryan? They're going to find him. Okay. Oh, um, uh,
2: my God. It couldn't be more obvious. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fun times. All
2: right. You know, you know who will find it? You know who will find it? Uh, our friend Emma, who works with the Young Turks. Oh. She's 100% going to find it. Emma's great. I,
1: I, I will say, and this would be my last point, there are a lot of people on Twitter who just – sling shit and make things bad and, and make it a terrible place. But I, there is a great like little tight knit community of like people I really like. And that make me laugh. And like, I, I feel like I don't know them, but like I sort of do know them at the same time. And I'm, one of them comes on next week. So I'm very excited for that. All
2: right. I I consider hockey statmyer family. Yeah,
1: he's point. my he's my fam for sure. He's he's by far my favorite Twitter follow. I feel like everything he tweets is specifically for me, and it's really
2: greedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I, I also love that Woj is is picking it up again. Yeah, I'm so happy. I love he's that he's back.
1: Yeah, I, I like when he's back in the game. It gives me like something to like look forward to because other other than like what we do, I feel like he's like the fun side of Rangers Twitter, and we were missing that.
2: I yeah. don't I. T- I'm, the thing is, like, Woj is always the fun side of Twitter where I have dark days. That's fair. There are bad days for me.
1: That's fair. You've been good recently. You've been, uh, your games are in fire. So
2: I, I I had a couple, I had a couple funnies. It's true. The, I, I still think I, this isn't, this part of the podcast is not called Let's Just Talk About Our Own Great Tweets. Yeah, but here we are. Uh, here we are. The, this, <laughs> this section is great mom, tweets. They're in the mom's trip. By the way, if we find out that the mom trip is over, that's no. why we don't make the playoffs. Mom's trip. Ryan, mom's trip was my favorite thing in the world. Howden, and I'm a little how, hurt we didn't even talk about it.
1: I know it's unbelievable we missed it. Howden and Strom's mom came for the last game.
2: Uh, that's why we won. I
1: know. Uh, but Strom's the, mom, by the, the way, guy, is my spirit animal. She can't pronounce any names.
2: When right after they just cut to the mom celebrating a goal, and then Truba fucks up and the Rangers give up a goal. My quick go to Truba's mom tweet. <laughs> I made myself laugh. Like I really did enjoy myself in that moment. <laughs> Hashtag good tweet. Good tweet, hashtag Greg.
1: Good tweet. Real hashtag real fans. Hashtag brave. Okay, uh, we will be back next week. Actually, we'll be back later this week. If you want to check us out on BSBOt, we'll have Shayna who broke.
2: The Can blue. you believe we didn't have to do an emergency podcast this year? Isn't that weird? Do you think it's because we signed with the Athletic and we would have had to like go through extra channels to have an emergency podcast? I think this they, week?
1: yeah, but we actually would have done a little bit. I don't know. It's strange because we had a Nick hold an emergency. We didn't think about that. We had a Nick Holden emergency podcast. Doesn't that sound stupid? To be sick? fair, though,
2: we had a Nick Holden emergency podcast because it was Nick Holden. Yeah, that's fair.
1: All right. Like
2: we didn't have a Joey Keene emergency podcast.
1: Yeah, we didn't
2: need to. We should have because that's Nick Holden.
1: Yeah, okay. It does continue oh to the lines? All right. Wow. wow,
2: wow, wow, wow. Full circle.
1: We'll be back later in the week. Uh, Friday morning, look out for an episode with uh, us and Shayna. We'll talk Brady Shea and all things Deadline. More Deadline Talk coming your way. If you want to throw some questions for us on Twitter for BSBOT, feel free. And I'll put them on the show. All right. We'll be back next week. Love you. Bye.